ان الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله ارسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ثم اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وان كل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار يقول سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد اقول اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا اله الا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر امين يا رب العالمين First and foremost I'd like to say that it's both a pleasure and an honor to be back at the home community after a long time alhamdulillah and it's a great joy to see all of you here just to share my expression of joy with you i want to give you a small reminder from the quran before i get to the khutbah topic itself allah azza wa jalla in surah al-insan also called surah al-dahr he talks about drinks in jannah he talks about drinks in jannah three times of the many things we enjoy in paradise allah also talks about the kinds of things we get to drink The first time he mentions these drinks in Jannah, he says, إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ يَشْرَبُونَ مِنْ كَأْسٍ Before getting into more details about the ayah, just Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, there is no doubt that the righteous, they will be drinking, drinking out of cups. You know, you and I, we throw a gathering for Eid or, you know, Aqiqah or get together, you invite some friends over. You know, we don't have, we don't, we don't live in expensive housing, so what we do is we can't afford that much crockery for so many guests, so we get paper cups. and we spread them out on the table and we pour these drinks in and everybody goes and gets themselves a drink but there's a barbecue going on in jannah and there are drinks being spread and people are going and drinking themselves yashrabuna min ka'sin a few ayat later the party gets a little better you know there's one thing to throw a party at your house but it's another to be invited at a catering hall or an expensive you know mansion or something like that if you ever been to an expensive gathering or an exotic setting then you don't just go and drink yourself, you get the, the drinks are served to you. And when you get to the table, the, the cups are already there, waiting for you. Allah calls that aqwabun mawdu'ah in another place, cups already placed. Right, just like human beings love it now. You go to the exotic uh, you know, invitation and the cups are already there. And somebody comes and pours the drink for you, you don't have to go get up and get it. So a few ayat later he says, وَيُسْقَوْنَ فِيهَا كَأْسًا They will be given to drink in cups. A few ayat before, they were getting the drink themselves. And now, they are being given the drink. So it's gotten a little more exotic. But then you wonder, how much better can it get? 
I mean, it was pretty good already. They were getting drinks in Jannah. Then they were being served. It's even better. But you wonder how much better can it get? And so Allah Azza wa Jalla, a few ayat later, He says, وَسَقَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ شَرَابًا طَهُورًا Their master, their Lord will give them to drink. Allah will give them to drink. SubhanAllah. So I, you know, whenever I see Muslims, believers that we haven't met for a long time, I make dua, may Allah give us an opportunity to meet, meet each other again. And if we don't get this opportunity in this dunya, may Allah make us meet in a place where the drinks are amazing. This is the first thing I wanted to share with you. But really the topic of my khutbah is the two ayat from Surah Al-Takathur. Just the first two ayat. I recited them and many of you already know them by heart. Allah Azza wa Jal says, أَلْهَاكُمُ التَّكَاثُرُ حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرُ That's it. That's all I want to share with you today. And the reason I want to share just these two ayat with you is that one of the essential purposes of the khutbah is to make it easy for people to remember Allah even after the khutbah is done. So if I tell you tons and tons and tons of things about places in the Qur'an or in the sunnah that you haven't memorized, that aren't easy for you to remember, then this reminder will stay with you only as long as this khutbah lasts. And a few hours later, it will start to wither and disappear. But the idea is, inshallah ta'ala, if you and I can remind ourselves of just some lessons from the Qur'an, especially of the ayat that are either you've already memorized or are very easy for you to memorize, then the next time you stand in salah, you can recite those ayat and enjoy something Allah Azza wa calls khushuwa. Concentration, humility in the prayer. And this is something that is important for all of us. We shouldn't have reduced the prayer to just cardiovascular exercise. It's something more. So the attempt inshaAllah ta'ala is to make it easy for me and for all of you to remember some powerful lessons in these few words. And wallahi, these are very few words. But the power in them is incredible. Just the first ayah is made up of two essential words. Al-haakum and at-takathur. Two words. Fi'il and fa'il. And there's a maf'ul bihi in the middle. That's it. A verb and a subject. The word ilha in Arabic. By the way, rough translation. The want of plenty distracted you. That's the easy translation. Of al-haakum at-takathur. The want of plenty distracted you. But there's a lot more going on here. The word ilha in the Arabic language, which I right now translated as distraction, actually comes from the word lahu which originally in Arabic means two things. It means entertainment. One of the meanings of it is entertainment. And the second meaning is something that preoccupies you or gets all of your attention and keeps you from doing something that was much more important. It got so much of your attention that nothing else could get your attention while you were engaged in it. Think for example of the new video game you just bought. Some of the younger people here. When you're engrossed in it, doesn't matter when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down, or whether your parents are calling you or the house is on fire, it doesn't matter, you haven't reached the save point yet. Or you haven't beat that boss yet. The same thing happens when you're watching a movie. When you're watching a movie, you can't pause, it's like breaking your khushur, right? So you're engrossed in it and you can't be disturbed. You are completely distracted from things that are more important. This is ilha. But in this ayah, Allah calls the culprit something else. Not a movie, not a video game, not a song. Something else is the culprit that distracted you, that preoccupied you, that kept you from doing something or worrying about something far more important. What is it that distracted, that preoccupied, that took over the minds and the hearts? Allah Azza wa Jal calls this culprit At-Takathur. At-Takathur in it has three essential things. This word first and foremost means the want, the desire to have more. It comes from kathra. Plentiness, plentifulness, the desire to have more. 
In other words, you and I are constantly worried about not what we have, but what we don't have. You're always worried about getting more. If you're living in a one-bedroom, you're always thinking, how do I get into a two-bedroom? If, if you've got a car that's 2008, you're always worried, how do I get to 2009? If you got yourself furniture, you say, how do I get myself even better furniture? If you bought yourself clothes, it's the next item of clothing. It's always something more. It's not what you have, it's always what you don't have. I need more and more and more. If you just got your job, immediately you start thinking about promotions and the bonus, what you don't have. It's always on your mind, the desire for more. And the human being is never satiated. He's never full. He or she, you know, it's, it's very difficult, except for the true slave of Allah Azza wa Jal, to be satisfied with what Allah has given them. Usually the human being's thirst, it doesn't let him quench. You know, it's always there. What, what more can I have? How more can I accomplish? This is the first meaning of a takathur, and it preoccupies us. It takes over our minds. The second meaning of a takathur is the struggle for more. Not just the want. It's one thing to want it. It's another to struggle for it. At tafa'ul fihi. To put effort into it and to exhaust yourself in getting that more. So there are people who, there are some people who just want more, they don't do anything about it. They just keep daydreaming. And then there are those who want it and there you call them go-getters, right? They go out there and they exhaust themselves and they'll put their 45, 50, 60 hours of work a week to get that promotion, to get ahead in the world, to save up that money, to get that house, whatever it may be. They exhaust themselves. And when they do so, you can't talk to them about anything else. They are engrossed in this struggle. They're engrossed in getting that go to that goal that they've been desiring for. And you know what? When they get to that goal, they're still not happy because there's something else that just came up. You could see the experiment with your children, if not, if not even among yourselves. Your children will beg you. They will beg you to get you to get them a PS3 or to buy them that new video game that just came out. I think Warcraft 2 just came out, right? They'll beg you to get it for them. And if they say, if you just get me this game, right? We'll become from the righteous. If you just get this one video game for us. You get it for them and they will be engrossed in it for a couple of days. And after a couple of days, when they're done beating that game, you will find the CD that you bought for 70, 80 bucks under your feet. And you'll ask your kid, what's this? I just bought this for you. And you'll say, yeah, there's more out now. I finished this already. I'm done with this. I don't need this anymore. So you struggle for it. But then as soon as you acquire whatever it was, you go on to more. You go on further. This is the second meaning of at-takathur. And the third meaning, which is critical, is it includes yashmil fihi at-tafakhur. You know, فَأَنْ يَقُولَ هَؤُلَاءِ نَحْنُ أَكْثَرُ وَهَؤُلَاءِ نَحْنُ أَكْثَرُ There are people who will say, we have more than you. In other words, you have this urge to show off to each other how you have more than they do. You want to get stuff, not just for you, but just to show people what you have. The car is really important to you, not because you like it, because you need to show people, people's heads should turn when the car goes by. You have youth that are obsessed, for example, with you know, certain kinds of rims or fog lights or whatever hookups on their car, which can be fun, but you know when you're driving your car, you can't see those things, who's it for? You don't look out your window and go, hey, it's still there, you don't do that. You know, it's for other people to see. It's for others to see. And this happens in more subtle ways in, for example, your education. You finish your degree and you're talking to someone and they didn't even ask you, but you say, yeah, I graduated from Hofstra. They don't even ask you. You have this urge to show them. You have the urge to tell them that you've accomplished something. And it preoccupies you, how can I show the world? How can I prove to the world that I am great, I am above, I'm more? This can happen with your urge to prove yourself to your parents, to your community, to your coworkers. 
And this kind of thought overwhelms you. It takes over you. These three things, Allah Azza wa in these two words, He says, Al-Hakum takathur these things have invaded your mind and they have preoccupied you. And interestingly, He used the past tense. And the past tense is used for something final. Meaning this is definitely the case. And the proof of it is in your life. Look back in your life. You don't have to look ahead. Look back. Look back. Were you distracted by this your entire life or not? And Allah Azza wa is pretty definitively saying the answer seems to be yes. You have been distracted for a long time. And then Allah Azza wa when He makes this categorical statement, Al-Hakumut Takathur, the question that's, that clearly pops in your mind is, you know how I said the definition of ilha is to be distracted by something that keeps you from something more important? Well, Allah didn't mention what is that more important thing. وَلَمْ يَقُلْ عَنْ كَذَا أَلْحَاكُمْ عَنْ عَنْ أَيْ شَيْءٍ What did He distract you from? The answer lies elsewhere in the Qur'an. Allah says to us, He warns us in Surah Al-Munafiqoon of all places, the surah dedicated for hypocrites. He says in that surah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُلْهِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Don't allow your money, your assets, your wealth, and your children to distract you, to preoccupy you, to take over your minds and keep you from what? The remembrance of Allah. عَنْ ذِكْرِ so that's one thing that we get distracted from. We're supposed to remember Allah, but we're remembering how much there's in the bank. We're remembering how much we don't have. We're remembering how much more we need to buy this or that or the other. All of that we remember, but remembering Allah, it's not on our mind. Not in, not, the, the remembrance hasn't penetrated our hearts. That's one problem. But even beyond that, the fact that he didn't mention even dhikr here. Alhaakum takathur an dhikrillah. He didn't say an dhikrillah here. The fact that he didn't say, but like, uh, you know, Ash-Shawkani rahimahullah says, بَلْ أَطْلَقَهُ He made it absolute. In other words, what that means in simple language is, it distracted you from every good thing. It distracted you from salah. It distracted you from obeying Allah. It distracted you from raising your children properly. It distracted you from becoming a valuable member to a community. Any good thing that you could have done, you, you were not able to do, because you were distracted by this takathur. It took over everything good that you, every good potential that you had. But then, this is the first ayah I wanted to share with you. This is the second. Allah says, "Hatta zurtum al-maqabir, hatta zurtum al-maqabir." Amazing ayah, amazing ayah. He says you were distracted until, and the language is, if you translate it literally, you visited the grave sites. Qubur in Arabic is grave. Maqabir is zarf is grave sites, graveyards, if you will. And by using that word, Allah Azza wa illustrates location. He's highlighting not just the grave itself, but a location. And the, one of the benefits of doing that is, you are pre preoccupied with one home, until you end up in the other home. You're moving to another neighborhood. It's called a graveyard. And you, have, you and I have to move there. That is a transfer we have to make. There is no one that will escape that moving. You know how you hate moving? You have to pack all the furniture and get rid of, you know, all your assets and sell stuff and load things. Don't worry about it. It'll be done for you. This, this movement, you won't have to lift a finger. You will be lifted yourself too. You'll be taken yourself too. This is one thing that's in this ayah. This, this, there are amazing things here. Allah says, Zurtum. Not dakhaltum or qubirtum. You entered the graves. No. You visited. You visited. And the word ziyara in Arabic is to, to go somewhere for a little while and then come back. That's what it means. To go somewhere for a little while and then come back. What we're learning by you, Allah using that word is, we're not going to be in our graves for very long. 
Even that is not a permanent home. Even from there you have to come out. But you know there are people who have been in their grave for centuries. There are people who have been in their grave for thousands of years. And even then Allah says that is just ziyarah. So compare that to how much time we are spending in this world while we are still alive. When we're above the ground, not underneath it. If that is ziyarah, if that's just a visit, if that's not a long time, then how much shorter is this time? How much little time do we have left here on the earth? SubhanAllah. Allah is comparing that time with the time we have now. And imagine then how much time do you have and I have to get our act together, to not be distracted. And you know what's amazing? The very next ayah tells us we don't have much time. Asr. The very next surah. Immediately Allah starts talking about how much little time we have left. He swears by time that's dripping away. So this hatta zurtubul maqabir, this was the first thing I wanted to share with you. The other thing is Ali radiallahu anhu used to say that people are asleep. The people are asleep. You know, and nasuniyam, they're, they're asleep. And he says that when they, wake, when they die, when they go into their graves, then they wake up. They were distracted their whole life, and then they finally woke up and said, Oh my God, I've been working for the wrong thing. I've been working for the wrong currency. This currency has no value. You know how they say invest in the right, you know, invest in gold or invest in this because the currency is going to go up or the value is going to go up. Well, you and I will invest in something, Allah, that will have no value. We better get our act together and realize that now. SubhanAllah. But the final thing Ash-Shawkani rahimahullah mentions in Fathul Qadir is so amazing. And this is something that's, the, Wallahi, it's scary. This takathur includes one more thing. It includes the urge to show off whatever, whether it's wealth, or its status, or its nation, or its tribe, or its national, you know, nationality, ethnicity. It's to show off your superiority against any other in any way. We're stronger than you. We're a better nation than you. We speak better than you. We're richer than you. We're a better civilization than you, etc., etc., etc. It may be anything that you show off in. And the reason he ties it together with Hatta Zurtumul Maqabir, he gives us an athar from the Sahaba. You see, it's narrated that sometimes among the, in the times of the kuffar, they would show off against each other. One tribe would say to the other, we have more than you. The other would say, no, we have more. And they'd go off on this like rant about who has more, who's on top, who's number one basically. And then they would take this debate to the graveyard. And they would point at their dead and say, we had this guy in our tribe, that legend warrior. Who do you have in your graveyard? In other words, they would even show off in their dead. The one place where you're supposed to wake up and realize this world is gonna come to an end, I better not be distracted. They even went to that place where even the most ghafil person, the person who doesn't make salah, the person who doesn't remember Allah, the person who does all kinds of haram, even when they go visit a funeral at a graveyard, even they wake up and say, man, I better get my act together. And these people will go even at the graveyard, hatta here, the ta'ajjub, and they would even go to the graveyard and still they're competing and fighting against each other about who has more. Even your distraction didn't even leave you at the graveyard, subhanAllah. This is the state that these kuffar had, had reached. May Allah Azza wa protect us from that kind of distraction. So now the last thing I want to share with you and, and leave you inshaAllah just some very, very basic and important advice. One of the most important and by the way, move up there. A lot of people standing in the back, and it's cold out, inshallah. I've become more sensitive to the cold since I moved to Texas. So move up as much as you can, inshallah. One of the most essential pieces of advice that I have for you 
for your family, more than you as individuals, for your family. There's an exercise, there is a regiment, there is a routine that we have to have inside the home that will not be provided to you inside the masjid enough. You have to have it inside your home. And that is the exercise of remembering Allah. That is the exercise of remembering Allah. And if you don't have that exercise, in other words, you get your children together, you get the spouse together, you sit at the dinner table, you eat together. A lot of you, you don't eat together with your family. Everybody eats at different times, so you don't even see each other. You go home to go to sleep. The kids are already asleep, you go to sleep and you don't see each other. You barely see each other on weekends. It, that has to change. First of all, you have to spend time with each other at home. And second of all, when you are spending time with each other at home, you have to use those opportunities to remind yourself and them about what life is really about. Because if you don't do that, if you don't do that, that your homes will not be a place where Allah is remembered, in homes in which Allah is called, this is the masajid and also the homes of the believers. Allahu, Allah is called, that His name be elevated, that will not be our homes. And if that's not our homes, that our monies and our homes and our children, all of that will not be a means to remember Allah, that will be, become a means to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nobody can do that for you. No imam, no khatib, no speaker, nobody's gonna come in your home and do that. You have to take that responsibility. Allah Azza wa Jal, before anything else, will ask you about your family, nobody else. He'll not ask me about how many khutbas I gave or how many talks or lectures. No. What did I do with my children? What did I do with my spouse? What did, how did I deal with my parents? We have to take care of business at home. We have to make the home a place to remember Allah. If your homes have become a place where video games are being played, movies are being watched, music is being blasted, all the world's entertainment is at home except the remembrance of Allah, then you are doing a disservice to your family, not anybody else. You are harming your family. You're not hurting anyone else. And if that has become the case, then you have not been a, a, someone who loves their family, actually you become an enemy to your family. Because they became a fitna for you, and you became a fitna for them, allowing all of this to happen. And understand, when you try to bring remembrance and reminder to your family, it's not always taken with warm reception. You know, it's easy for me to talk to you because you don't know me and I don't know you that well. We're not family. If you were family, you'd probably already be asleep while I was speaking. Oh, it's just him. You know, it's the, the easiest people to ignore are your own family. So when you try to give reminder to your family, it will take a lot more patience than it does to talk to a stranger. Which is why Allah Azza wa Jal, He doesn't even say, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاصْبِرْ عَلَيْهَا No, وَاصْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا SubhanAllah. Have extreme perseverance when you tell your, your family to make prayer. Because you're going to be met with a lot of resistance. It's not going to be easy. But you have to be patient. You have to be extremely patient and loving with your family and help them grow. You, nobody knows your family better than you do. So nobody knows what kind of advice will benefit them more than you. You know what kinds of words will make them more aggravated and what kinds of words will make them softer. You know that better than anybody else. You are the psychotherapist of your family members. You know them. They know you and you know them. So you have to use that to your advantage. Instead of using the remembrance of Allah to become a means of argument and debate inside the home, be smart about it. Be casual about it. Be subtle about it. If they don't want to hear it from you, put a tape on. Put a CD on. Put an MP3 on. Maybe they, they hear it in passing. And maybe it doesn't affect them right away. But three weeks later, they start making salah because it eventually clicked. Don't think it has to click right away. Just be patient. And it takes time. Look how much for, for many of us, we were completely distracted from the remembrance of Allah. For years and years and years. And then something Allah changed in our hearts. It didn't happen overnight. It took time. 
so give your family time. Don't be frustrated with them if they're not taking your advice seriously. First of all, give them counsel. Take counsel yourself and give them counsel. And when they don't take your counsel, learn to be patient. Learn to, you know, persevere. Because this is what your family needs. The last bit of advice I want to share with you, I know we went all over the place in this khutbah, but really the two things I wanted you to remember, alhaakum takathur and hatta zurtumul maqabir. This is what I wanted you to remember. But the last thing I want to share with you, just on this matter of not becoming, not letting the home become the center of distraction. Making the home the center of remembrance. On that issue, I want to share with you famous ayat from Surah Al-Tahreem that are quoted all the time. You probably heard them tons of times. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, ku anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. Save yourselves, Allah says to believers. Yes, save yourselves and your families from fire. First of all, Allah didn't talk to alladheena kafaru. He talked to alladheena amanu, those who believe. And this ayah in itself is conclusive proof that just because you're believers, you're not safe from fire. Because Allah says, believers, get yourself free, save yourself from fire. If you were safe from it, He wouldn't have to tell you to watch yourself. So just because you're believers is not a free ticket, number one. And just because your family is Muslim, that's not a free ticket either. You got to go and try to save them. And you know what happens? There's a journey inside this ayah. You try to give your family a reminder. They don't listen to you. You come back to this ayah, Allah says, وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ hijara." It's fuel, are people and stones. People and stones are being melted together in this fire. You hear this severe reminder in the Quran, you say, I don't want my family in there. You go back and you remind them again. And they don't listen to you. And you get frustrated, you come back to the same ayah. He says, Alayha malaikatun, ghilavun shidad. Upon this guardian, guardians of this hellfire are angels that are tough, severe. And they're very harsh. And you say, I really don't want my family in there. You go back to your family again. Then you say, maybe the angels will be a little loose on them. Maybe they'll let, you know, let it slide a little. Over and over again in this ayah, five, six descriptions of hellfire. So you never lose sight of the fact, I don't want my family there. I don't want them there. You know when you leave your family in somewhere uncomfortable, if they're in a bad neighborhood and you forgot to pick them up? Right? Even in a nice place, if you left them at the airport, even though New York airports aren't that nice, but if you left them at the airport, and you're stuck in traffic, how many calls you get? You get worried or not? If, you, if the cell phone died? Man, where are they? Are they sitting? Are they, are, they, are they getting cold? Did they get their luggage? Are they getting a hard time? Are they getting lost? All these questions pop in your mind because you say, I don't want them by themselves in the airport or at the mall. Or they, they were left by themselves at this person's house or whatever. You get worried. Now imagine leaving, having to leave your family in the hellfire. How much more worried should we be? What kind of change of attitude would that have? So Allah says, Ku anfusakum, save yourselves and your families from hellfire and make the home a place to do so. Until the home becomes a place to do so, Wallahi, Wallahi, the Islamic school, the masjid, the Sunday school, the halaqat, none of this will benefit until the home changes. We have to change our homes. May Allah Azza wa Jal make our homes a place where Allah is remembered. May Allah Azza wa Jal make, it, make our homes a place where we can, we can raise children that are carriers of this deen and our torchbearers are, are, are means by which the light of this deen is not only spread among the Muslims but among the, the non-Muslims of this land as well. May Allah Azza wa Jal forgive our shortcomings in regards to our own obligations to Allah and the responsibilities we owe to our families. May Allah Azza wa Jal unite all of the Muslims despite whatever petty differences they may have on this 
this one agenda of saving themselves and their families from the hellfire because all of us share that. That concern should overwhelm all the other concerns. May Allah Azza wa Jal put unity in our hearts and protect us from all the fitan that surround us. Especially may Allah Azza wa Jal protect our youth, our young men and women that are losing their deen in practice and in belief every single day. May Allah protect them against the storm and make them strong and hold on to this deen with all of their might. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayat wa dhikr al-Hakim. الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يقول الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا